the Pat Mills program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Evaporated Milk, Pet Milk presents Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Legrand, Ken Christie, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Man and Billy Mills Orchestra. The woman who's been married a while and whose babies are now school age has no question in her mind about what brand of milk to buy for her family. She gets pet evaporated milk because she knows by experience there is no better milk. She's seen her babies grow strong and sturdy on pet milk and knows that no milk is easier for a baby to digest. No milk has a better balance of the milk minerals and vitamin D needed for building sound bones and teeth. She also knows how easy it is with pet milk to fix the kind of good nourishing food her husband and youngsters like best. Fix it for less money, too, because pet milk costs less generally than bottled milk or any other form of milk. And she knows that pet evaporated milk isn't a milk substitute. It's the real thing. Good, sweet country milk made double rich by evaporation. There's no better milk, that's for sure. So, for you young wives who are just beginning to keep house, Begin now to use the brand of milk found in so many happy homes across the country. Pet brand, pet evaporated milk. There are many children's nursery rhymes which seem to apply to grown-up people as well. For instance, some like it hot, some like it cold has caused an argument 20 years old in the home of Fibber McGee and Molly. McGee, are you tinkering with that thermostat again? I'm not tinkering with it, Molly. I'm turning up the heat. I'm gone if this room's colder than a banker's heart. <laughs> McGee, I don't think you're actually cold at all. I think it's just your imagination. Oh, imagination, eh? I suppose it was my imagination when I got up in that walk-in icebox you call a bedroom and had goosebumps so big I had to shave each one separate. <laughs> oh, now, McGee, you And just... I suppose it was imagination when I sat down to breakfast and didn't have to chew my bacon. I just put it between my teeth and chattered it to pieces. <laughs> oh, now, you're Why, just... my gosh, even that picture of Aunt Sarah on the piano there. Why, when I looked at that a while ago, she shivered. <laughs> you always did have that effect on Aunt Sarah, dear. Well, it's mutual. Well, anyhow, I hope you're happy at last now that you've turned the furnace up. Yeah, it is getting a little better in here now. I called the furnace man and asked him to check the furnace and see if he can make it hotter. You didn't? Yeah. It'll probably be spring before he gets here, though. <laughs> them guys are like plumbers. Which you call them plumbers on account of they plumb forgot you ever called them. <laughs> to say this, dearie, but I think I can tell you why you stay cold and I stay warm in the same room. Why? Because I move around and do the work while you sit there like a king. Oh. You'd keep warm, too, if you'd ever condescend to get up off your royal rusty dusty. <laughs> now, just a darn minute, kiddo. Name one thing you do around here that I don't do. I make the beds. I sweep the floors. I cook the meals. I beat the please, rugs. Please, I wash. Please, the... Molly, please. When I ask you to name one thing, just name one thing. 
Hey, I think I'll call that furnace man again. Hand me the phone. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the furnace man. His office is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. How's every little thing, Mert? Says, eh? What's eh, Mert? Your boyfriend at the air base. Testing a jet and liked to get killed, did he? Heavenly days. What did he do, crash a plane? No, he was putting a new nozzle on the drinking fountain and the water went up his nose. <laughs> like to drown at him. What's say, Mert? Oh, okay, I'll hang up. Line's busy. Good. Well, it's starting to warm up in here now, kiddo. You feel it? Feel it? Do more? I feel it? Mm. This room is getting hotter than a fry cook's knuckles. Oh. Well, this is the way I like it, Molly. <laughs> well, if this is what you like, why don't you go to Africa and live with the Hottentots? For your information, Mrs. McGee, a man can like it hot whether he's a Hottentot or not. <laughs> I'm no Hottentot hotshot, but I've liked it hot since I was a cotton top tot, and any spot that ain't hot is a rotten spot, so it's gotten hot. If you want to make a hit, give me some heat. But if you don't give a hoot about making a hit, shut off the heat and hand me my hat, and I'll be gone like a shot to get the heat I ain't got in a red hot, hot and tight hut. Well, I don't intend to drive you from your home, dearie, but I do maintain it's hot enough in here to steam plants. Oh, Jesus. Whoever this is will probably collapse from the heat in here, but come in. Oh, it's Dr. Gamble. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, my dear. And a brief bow in your direction, poison puss. <laughs> Same to you, bag britches. <laughs> and close that door. You don't have to act like you were raised in a barn just because you're built like one. <laughs> Sorry. What's with Prince Charming this morning, Molly? He has all the tender sweetness of a black widow spider. Well, we've been having a little discussion about the temperature, Doctor. I claim it's too hot in here. And I claim it's exactly right. As usual, you're exactly wrong. It's very hot in here. Oh. My first thought when I came in was that you must be growing mushrooms. <laughs> there, now, you see, McGee? Oh, you can't go by what he says. He's never been cold in his big, fat life. There's enough blubber on that blimp to keep him warm in a blizzard. <laughs> you know, this is a fascinating little character who's leached onto here, Molly. He'll make a very interesting chapter in a book I'm working on. Oh, really, Doctor? What kind of a book are you writing? Well, it's a collection of my experiences with patients like McGee. Oh? Sort of a horror story. <laughs> in fact, I'd like to put your picture on the cover, my boy. Oh, fine. What are you going to call the book? I'm calling it Patients That Try My Patients. <laughs> or, It Shouldn't Happen to a Doc. <laughs> That's very funny, Shakespeare. We all thought. <laughs> On the level, though, Fatso. When you get all your notes down, bring them over and I'll help you write it. Show you how to put it together. You ever write a book? Nope. Then don't tell other people how to do it. You ever have a baby? Of course not. Well, then don't tell other people how to do it. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, Molly. What are you doing to that thermostat? Turning it down. Oh. Dr. Gamble agrees with me that it's too hot in here. Yeah, but I'm... doggone it, Molly. Doc don't live here, and I do. I got a right to be comfortable, haven't I? My gosh, if a guy can't be comfortable in my own home, where can I go? If there wasn't a lady present, my boy, I could make a suggestion. <laughs> but you'd probably say it's too cold there, too. <laughs> Good night, Dr. Gamble. 
win Mariah. taking pictures of birds with my brownie, and I saw a nest of warblers in your hedge. 
May I take a picture of them? My goodness, you don't have to ask permission for that. Well, I thought I'd better. They're Mr. McGee's warblers, and I'm not the kind of a man who gets familiar with another man's warblers. Sure, Wimp. Take all the pictures you want. Oh, thank you. These are pink bosom warblers, which are much rarer than the blue bosom warblers. Not so many of them, huh? No. I have a theory that the pink bosom warblers are rarer than the blue bosom warblers because there are more warblers with blue bosoms. Well, that sounds reasonable. When I first saw them, I whistled the mating call of the pink bosom warbler to see if the mother bird would respond. Uh It goes like this. Did she respond, Mr. Wimple? No, but a blonde who went by gave me her name and phone number. (laughs) She must have been a bird lover, too. Sure, you can always spot them. Well, I'll take my pictures now. And, Mrs. McGee, I have a little confession to make. A confession? Yes. <laughs> it's not really cold in here. No? I just said so because it's such a treat to disagree with a woman and not get slugged. Come <laughs> on. Turn down the furnace. Oh, gee whiz, Molly. Don't make me put that camisole back on. It ain't a very good fit anyhow. McGee, turn down the furnace. I'll tell you what. I'll flip a coin for it. Heads, we turn the furnace up some more. Tails, we leave it alone and then... Turn down that furnace. Okay, but gee whiz, there's no need to... Hello, Molly. Hi, pal. Hey, did I hear voices raised in here? You certainly did, Mr. Wilcox. We were just discussing the temperature. Yeah, Molly claims it's too hot in here, Junior. Well, she's absolutely right, pal. This place is like an oven. Mm. Thank you, Mr. Wilcox. (laughs) I'll turn down that thermostat myself. There. Oh, I can feel the blessed relief already. Hand me them sweaters and the camisole. (laughs) Oh, stop kidding, pal. It's not cold in here. It will be. Every time she fools with that furnace, I start to shiver like a chihuahua in a wet sack. Well, <laughs> you know, the cold used to bother me, too, till I worked out a system, kids, and I haven't been cold since. Never fails this system of mine. A great system. Who's going to ask him, you or me? <laughs> Probably hate myself in two minutes, but I'll ask him. What is your system for keeping warm, Junior? Asked Little Fibber, placing one hand over his heart and facing toward St. Louis. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, pal. When I get chilly, I just close my eyes and think about pet evaporated milk, that great product that I represent. And right away, I'm covered with a warm glow of pride. I'd rather be covered with my old army overcoat. <laughs> well, you just try it, pal. Think about pet milk. Think of its pure goodness. It's double richness. Think hard, pal. I'm concentrating. That's what they do to pet milk. <laughs> concentrated. It's a double richness by evaporation. You see, ordinary milk, just as it comes from the cow, good, sweet country milk, is about 87% water. Aren't we all? <laughs> But in the process of evaporation, the pet people remove more than half that water, leaving just good, double-rich pet milk. 
Are you getting warm, pal? McGee, you could warm your hands by the fire in his eyes. <laughs> yes, sir, pet milk's double richness means that you'll get all the good rich substances of whole milk, but only half the water. That's why pet evaporated milk is such a favorite food with housewives. Hey, 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 look, uh, milky. Everywhere. Mm. Yes, pal. You mean to tell us you keep warm in all kinds of weather just by talking about pet milk? That's my system, pal. And if that should ever fail, I've got another system in return. Yeah. One that's guaranteed to start a big fire. What that? Not talking about pet milk. They'd oh. fire me, they'd fire you, they'd fire all of them. <laughs> Mr. Wilcox, the system help you any, dearie? You any warmer? No, but that don't matter. If you want it cold, I ain't going to say another word. I'll just sit here quietly and suffer. And if I should pass away, that don't matter neither. <laughs> just put on my tombstone. Fiver McGee, born 1903, froze in 1951. <laughs> now, McGee, you won't get me to turn that furnace up by acting so pitiful. It is not cold in this room. Oh, hand me that chilled steel hammer and them frosty nails and that ice-covered two-by-four. Maybe I can whip up a little circulation with them things. Hold it, company. Come in. Well, hello, missus. Hello, McGee. Hello, Ollie. Come in. Hi, Ollie. What you... Uh, what you building with the hammer and the two Miss Cantlin, McGee? Nothing or something silly? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm just trying to warm myself up a little cold in here. Oh, you don't know what it means, cold, McGee. No? I remember when I was a young fella in Sweden, I used to go out from the house and the snow was four feet deep. The wind blows like 60 and there was ice every place. You know, McGee, it, it is a little cold in here, ain't it? Yeah, now you're talking, boy. I'll turn up the thermostat. There. You know, I remember I'd always go to the Swedish gymnasium and took those steam baths. Yeah. They put me in a tub of boiling water and wrapped me in heavy blankets and the sweat pours off me by the court. Yeah, it's funny now. I feel hard. I knew you would, Ollie. I'll turn down the thermostat. There. And then I'd go back home through the street where the ice is all around, and the snow by now is six feet deep, and the winter wind is blowing like the dickens. Now, by evening, I'm cold again. Good. I'll turn up the heat again. There. And you better stop, boy, before we wear out the thermostat. <laughs> better go now, anyhow, McGee. Hey, you stopped by with a message from the Elks Club. Oh? Some of the fellas are having a little party Wednesday night down there, and they say only one fella in the whole club can make it a big success. That's McGee. Oh. Oh, that's mighty nice of them to say so, Ollie. You can count on me, boy. Good. What do they want me to do? Stay at home. So long, both oh. you. Boys. Billy Mills in the orchestra and down yonder. Thank you. 
I'm cold. That's ridiculous. This room is off. Look, Molly, I'll make a deal with you. You let me turn the heat up some more so I can get warm, and I'll let you open the window so you can get cool. Fair enough? Well, it's worth a try, anyhow. Good. Ah, that ought to warm it up a little. Ah, that ought to cool it off a little. <laughs> McGee, it isn't even cold outside today. How you can sit here bundled up in three sweaters. And a dotted Swiss camisole. And a dotted Swiss camisole with the thermostat. Hold it, Molly. Come in. Oh, hi, old-timer. Hello there, kids! Hello, Mr. Old-timer. Hi, daughter! Hey, Johnny, what you doing with whatever that little thing is on the wall that you're doing something with there, huh? Tinkering? <laughs> Just turning up the furnace, old-timer. Yes, sir. We're planning to repaint the room, Mr. Old-timer. He's trying to burn the paint off. Oh. Well, that's very interesting, kids. Like I was saying to my girlfriend, Bessie, just this morning... Bessie, I said, put down that ball, that baby, I says, and don't get Say, it how is Bessie these days, anyhow? Didn't I hear something about you two getting engaged? We sure did, daughter. Yesterday. Yesterday. I went over to Bessie's house and put the ring on her finger myself. Yeah, she like it? Johnny, she was tickled to death. Stood there, smiling at me, just as radiated as a bride. You mean radiant? Radiated means something that, uh, well, that, uh... Sort of spreads out in all directions. That's her, daughter. That's her. <laughs> yes, sir, that's my Bessie. No, sir, she's kind of messy. <laughs> anyway, kid, that was yesterday. Yeah? Me and Bessie quarreled today. It's all over now. My gosh, you mean to tell me you and Bessie have pooped? Johnny, we have pooped and feuded. <laughs> My dreamboat of romance, drifting along through the rose-colored embers of love's bright flame, has hit a clinker. Well, I'm sorry to hear about it. Uh, what did you two fight about? No, it all started over nothing, daughter. Most lovers' quarrels do. Over nothing, eh? Absolutely nothing, Johnny. Bessie says, what did you get me for my birthday? And I says, absolutely nothing, and we was off. <laughs> Dear, and after you've just given her a ring, too. She says our engagement is over. And she yanked the ring off of her finger and flung it right in my face. My gosh, what did you do? What could I do, Johnny? I picked it up and put it back on my cigar. So long, kid. So long. Where was I when he came busting in here? Oh, I was cold. I better turn this thermostat up some more on account of because. McGee? Stop it. Huh? I've had just about enough. You're just making a thing out of this. You're being unreasonable. I'm being unreasonable. I am. Huh. Look, Mrs. McGee, maybe you'd be happier if I just packed my few pitiful belongings and went down to the Elks Club for the winter. At least a man can keep warm down there behind the pool table. <laughs> that won't be necessary, Mr. McGee. You don't need to trouble yourself. You're the master here. I'm just a woman, that's all. I'll move. Oh, well, gee whiz, now, Mom. I'll move clear out. Oh. Out in the garage. Oh. <laughs> I'll just come in three times a day to cook your meal. Now, gee whiz. <laughs> you don't have to do that. My gosh, I don't want to argue with you, Tootsie, but... Well, now, let's be fair about this. It is cold in here, ain't it? It is not. It's hotter than... <laughs> come in, come in. 
Furnace man, ma'am. Furnace man? Oh, yes, I believe my husband did call you. I came by this morning, ma'am. There wasn't anybody home, but I got in the basement door, all right? You did? Mm. This morning? Oh, yes. Good thing I did, too, sir. Main burner was badly shot. The burner was shot? Yes, yes. I had to go downtown to pick up a new one. So in the meantime, I just disconnected your furnace. <laughs> you, uh, you what? Disconnected it? You mean, you mean uh, the furnace is off? It's been turned off all day. Oh. But I'll have it fixed in a jiffy now. <laughs> Hope I didn't, uh, <laughs> inconvenience you. Oh, no. Inconveniences, he says. You made me make a dance out of myself. That's what you've done, Buster. You got me into a big fat argument with my wife. That's what you got me into a big fat. Well, I didn't know that. You got me making silly threats to move to the Elf Club, wearing a dotted Swiss camisole. Inconveniences, he says. You know what I got a good notion to do, Molly? Poke him in the nose? No. Take you downtown for dinner, baby. Get your hat. We'll stop by the forest, and I'll buy you an orchid. Heavenly days. At last, he's warming up. (laughs) Hibber and Molly return in a moment. Do you know why so many good cooks would rather use pet evaporated milk than any other kind? Because pet milk is actually twice as rich as bottled milk in all the nourishing whole milk substances. You see, all cow's milk is about 87% water. By evaporation, the pet milk people take out a little more than half that water. All the nourishing milk substances stay in, but with so much of the water removed, you get those substances in concentrated form. And that's why good cooks like it. You can use it in place of cream, just as it pours from the can. Even in place of whipping cream. And for cooking, you can decide for yourself just how rich you want it to be by the amount of water you put back into it. You can add just a little water, or to give it the same consistency as the good sweet country milk had before evaporation, you can mix pet milk with an equal amount of water. And remember, pet evaporated milk, the first all-purpose form of milk, Costs less generally than ordinary bottled milk. Get some at your grocer's tomorrow. Oh, that was a wonderful dinner, McGee. Your steak okay, Molly? Everything all right? Oh, perfect. What you gonna have for dessert, kiddo? I want some ice cream. (laughs) Something cold. I'd like some mince pie, dearie. Hot mince. Oh, no, no, no. Let's not get into that again, baby. We'll compromise. What do you mean? Uh, waiter. Yes, sir? (laughs) Two hot mince pies. A la mode. Oh. <laughs> Good night, all. The first evaporated milk, pet milk, brings you Bibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Have you considered how much you have to be thankful for this Thanksgiving Day? 
Jim and Sally Carter think they're grateful for all they have until a strange incident helps them discover many uncounted blessings in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. You'll also hear the Pet Milk recipe of the week for glazed ham patties, a time and money-saving recipe that gives wonderful new flavor to leftovers or a small amount of meat. Make it a point to be listening next Saturday morning to Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor, coming your way on NBC. Next, it's Big Town, then Playhouse on Broadway on NBC.